0: Hello, and welcome to Drive to Work. I'm pulling out of my driveway, which means it's time to start our podcast. Okay, so today, be aware that I'm kind of doing this whole thing by the seat of my pants. Um, Today, I'm trying two different things at once. One is, uh, I'm going to talk about something that's not a set today, although it's a design element. uh, And I have a guest. Uh, So it turns out that I live in the same neighborhood as Matt Cavada, who's a good friend of mine. Um, and so I'm taking him to work today, so I picked a topic that Matt was involved in so that he could join us for today's podcast. Now, I've never done this before. Uh, technically, we're using my, my, uh, my phone, so hopefully you guys will be able to hear him and this will go all across well. So I'm driving to go get Matt. Let me a quick give you an update on Matt so you guys know the context. So Matt Cavada has worked for Wizards two different times. The first time I hired him, and he worked uh, in the creative team in charge of names and flavor text. And then he left for a while, and he came back, and now he's in charge of overseeing the look and feel of magic. He works in what we call CAPS. Uh, And uh, if you like, for example, the packaging for Magic 2013, he was very involved in that, the the black and silver. Um, So anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about the design of Planeswalkers. Matt actually was very involved in this, and so I thought it'd be... Fun to have him involved. Um, I've never tried this with back and forth with two people, so we're going to try this today. Um, I'm going to be picking up momentarily. Uh, Matt lives in the in the. I live in what's called the Isical Highlands, so Matt lives very near to me. So he will be here for the vast vast majority of the po- podcast today, uh, and I am quite excited to see how this turns out. Um, so, uh, if you remember, for those that do not know, um, the the Planeswalkers were originally going to be designed for Future Sight, so when Matt gets in the car, we'll pick up the story there, um, and they didn't actually get made to Lorwyn, so all that will get explained, um, but and, and as you'll find out, Matt was the actually the person who came up with the idea of making Planeswalker cards, so we are going to talk to him, and he is going to fill us in. Um, now, I've known Matt for quite a while. So interestingly, Matt and I went to the same high school, Orange High School in Pepper Pike, Ohio. Uh, but he and I didn't know each other. I think I was a senior when he was in eighth grade uh, at, at Orange High School. Uh, the eighth graders were in the high school. Um, and I didn't know him when we both went to the same school. But since then, uh, I, I obviously met him and we become good friends. Uh, I, I knew him from the days when he was just an artist. Um, and as you will see, I'll, we'll tell the story of how he got hired Um, because that actually is a pretty good story. Anyway, I see Matt. He is waiting for us. So let's uh, let's let Matt in the car. Hey, Matt. Hello. Hey. Okay. So I explained to you, Matt, that we are doing a podcast. So this is something new. I've never, ever had a guest on my podcast before.
1: So I'm honored to be the first.
0: So I I assume you have to speak up just because this is what, what we're recording on. Um, so anyway, here's where I was setting up before we got here. Was I was going to talk about hiring you and how you led us to creating Planeswalkers?
1: Um, well, that, that that could be at least partially true. There it were is. there were a number of characters in the play. Yeah, there were,
0: but well, let's start. For example, with uh, you getting hired. So you originally were just an illustrator for Magic. Correct. How did that How did that happen?
1: Um, it happened when I first played Magic Cards and decided this was the coolest thing and the fact that I was already an artist meant it was high time to put the chocolate and the peanut butter together and uh, make the greatest candy there ever was. Um, It took a a number of years to weasel my way in, um, but once I got my foot in the door uh, it was um, Good times had by all. So, how,
0: so your first set, I believe, was Mercadian Masks.
1: Yes, correct? yes. So, how'd
0: you get your first piece of art? How'd that happen?
1: Um, I had, I had been sending illustrations into the former art director for a year or so, and was just getting to the point where he thought that I was ready, and I called him to uh, to find out what he thought of my most recent batch of work only to learn that he had just been fired so (laughs) I was despondent um, but the, the art director that took over for him was given the heap of portfolios that were on the previous art director's desk and mine was on top and he thought he would exercise his new power and uh hire a new guy hire a new guy and i was that first new guy it was awesome
0: okay so let's cut forward a little bit so um i for a while was in charge of the creative team when i didn't have enough on my plate uh and so i had a position i had to fill and so i did something a little different uh so this was my this was, this is what i made people do to for the job was i said okay i want you to prove you're creative you have an eight and a half piece of paper one side only do whatever you want. Just prove to me you're creative, uh, and you did a pretty awesome uh, audition. Tell, tell me what you did.
1: Um, I, I sort of—I don't want to say spoofed, but I took the format of the usual um, MagicTheGathering.com uh, tournament card playing article, something that I generally didn't read for you know my own. Uh, card playing aspirations but I was aware of it um, but I twisted it around and turned it into a, a sort of audition for the job um, where I faked up cards of my own to represent um, the experiences that I've had or the jobs that I wanted to do for Wizards and I cooked it all up into um a snappy little article with lots of pictures, and plays on words, and other random little flavorful tidbits. So right, well, sort of you did
0: it as a draft article, as if you were draft, drafting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you remember this. <laughs> it was a little foggy in my mind.
0: No, I, I was impressed. So what happened was, um, Matt would talk about his first pick was his wife, I believe. Oh no, his first pick might have been his being an artist, and the second yeah. pick was his wife,
1: and he picked his kids. I'm and... sure my first pick was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't remember. Um,
0: but anyway, Matt, uh, all the art, all the, all the cards Matt had done, and they represented elements of his life, uh, and it was just really well done. I mean, uh, I mean, I had known Matt at the time because I'd seen him at shows. I think we'd both gone to um, the World at Sydney. To, uh, yes. We had spent some time talking. I, I mentioned before I got you guys in the car that we'd gone to high school, yeah, even though we man, didn't know each other in high school. It's um, world. And his, his, his wife actually taught at my high school, though obviously not. A, way, way way After I was there. But she and I were talking a lot about the school, and so I got to know Matt. And then he submitted this awesome audition. And I think the next thing is we gave you a test, right? Yes. We gave a because the person who was going to do this was in charge of names and flavor text. Right. So we gave them a names and flavor text test,
1: um, which you did very well on. It was okay. I would like to retake that test. I learned quite a bit (laughs) in the time since then.
0: Uh, well, anyway, so he had the best on uh, the creativity test. I thought he had the best one of the the test for the flavor tech, You were near the top. I don't remember if you were at the top, but you were you were competitive at least. Yeah. Uh, so we hired we hired Matt, um, and uh, so like I explained for you guys in the car, uh, Matt worked here two different times. So the first time uh, Matt worked under me as the guy in charge of the flavor tech on the creative team, essentially the the Doug Buyer position yes. of modern day. Um, so let's talk about how. Because you came to me with the idea of a Planeswalker card. You were the first person to utter the words Planeswalker card. So why don't you explain to me how that came about?
1: Um, Well, This was somewhere in the middle of the time spiral block. And we knew that there was a big reset happening with what the the core essence of a Planeswalker was to be. Um, At that time, Planeswalkers were not great storytelling uh, vehicles because they much godlike status, they could do anything, they could think worlds into being, and that just generally doesn't lead to a compelling conflict. If I can think my way out of any situation, that's that's just it's kind of boring. So knowing that these new kinds of Planeswalkers were coming around, and that the creative team had been looking, just desperately looking for any sort of through line that we could create between one world and another. Um, and, in essence, build some heroes that could last. Uh, it, it seemed like putting A and B together was the right thing to do, uh, but a new card type had not been created since forever, and it seemed like... that's just impossible, we, we can't even do it, but... Because Future Sight was the, the, the um, next order of business where anything was supposedly possible, it seemed like the right time to take a staff. So let me
0: add some context to this. So Matt, by the way, was on the design team for Future Sight. Um, is that your first design team? First and only. A first and only design team. Yeah. Um, and so what happened was, this is my memory of it, so obviously, uh, I remember Matt coming up, because they were going to revamp the Planeswalkers to sort of depower them. Because uh, from a storytelling standpoint... Uh,
1: I would like to say not depower, but humanize. Like, give them something that that we can relate to.
0: Well, but I mean, I, we also were depowering them. Yeah, but that's... Or is it like... That's glass half empty. <laughs> um, so we were going to revamp them a little bit. Yeah. I, I agree. Keep revamp,
1: I like that word.
0: Um, and so the, the quote I remember from Matt, because Matt came up to me, we were, we're working on Future Sight. Future Sight was kind of a crazy set. We were coming up with all sorts of weird things. Uh, and Matt said to me, he goes, if we're ever going to make people care about Planeswalkers, they have to be cards because um, we had this shtick for a long time where we'd refer to them on cards and yes. you'd see them pictured on cards but Matt's big argument and I think it was a very compelling one was look players won't care until they are cards and I I was very drawn by that and Future Sight was like doing all sorts of crazy things so the idea was we do it in Future Sight if it turns out to be a a failure then we go
1: That's way in the future
0: crazy future that you'll never see um and so I said okay why not let's try to do this and so the original plan was we were going to make three planeswalkers I believe it was going to be a blue a black and a green planeswalker yes um and we were going to put them in the set oh a little tidbit sit- for people who like their history um they were in the set for a while and then they uh got removed because as you'll see in a second we decided they needed more work um but the card that they that got removed when we put the Green walk, Planeswalker uh, into the set uh, was... Um, uh, I'm blanking you now, the, uh, the Lorgoyf. Uh, oh, Tarmogoyf. Tarmogoyf. Nice. So Tarmogoyf got taken out of the set so we could put in the Green Planeswalker, and then when they came out, it went back in the set. And when I made the card, it was a star-star. Um, and when... Uh, um, Mike Turan, who was the lead developer, put it back in. He assumed it was star, star plus one because Lurgoif was star, star plus one. So he changed it. Not meaning to change it, just that's what he thought the card was because he did it from memory. Right. Uh, he also got the. I did it at 2G, he did it at 1G. So gr- the Green Planeswalker in some way made Charmagoy with the yes, card is. Yes. Anyway, okay, so you suggested let's make Planeswalkers. I said, okay, let's make Planeswalkers. Do you remember what happened next?
1: Um. My, <laughs> I testing Matt's memory here. <laughs> my, yeah, my memory is fuzzy in this in this area because a lot was going on for me at the time, um, and the the ultimate development of Planeswalkers actually happened out outside of my view. Uh, well, let me, let me walk people through.
0: And um, you were involved in the first part. So the first thing we did is I let the future team, future site team, see what we could do, um, and so. Uh, The first thing we did, something that I, one of the most immediate things we did, which I had done, was during uh, Ravnica, Richard Garfield had invented, uh, he called them structures, and the idea was they represented buildings because we were in a city world. And the idea of structures was they had a kind of a toughness to them so you could attack them to destroy them, but they, didn't, they weren't creatures other than they had a toughness that could be destroyed. Right. And so they, they were kind of like enchantments. They were to sit and play, and the only way to get rid of them was to attack them with creatures. Um, I loved the design, but Ravnica was so like filled to the gills yeah, and stuff. Is, yeah. um, I mean, I took on Hybrid at the time because I thought Ravnica had too much in. it, And mean, we ended up, development ended up putting it back in. Um, but so, anyway, I liked the structure. So, I said it to him, okay, I like this idea of. I mean, we. I think we knew the following. We knew the planeswalker. The flavor of planeswalkers was, hey, Jace, come help me. Right. We need. You, know, that, that you were getting the planeswalker to you. And I think early on, we had the idea of loyalty in, in the sense that this wasn't like a creature that you just blinked into existence. Right. You had to. Get them to voluntarily help you.
1: Well, I remember uh, early on, and this might have even been pre-future uh, site design team when when uh, Brady and Brandon and I were sort of vetting the idea. Uh, at its core, the the concept we were trying to hit on was how do we make this card seem like another player, like it's another player at the table, it's another one of of us, yeah, sort of doing its own thing. So, that led
0: to actually our first design. That's
1: a good segue there.
0: <laughs> so, the original, we we always kind of knew they were going to do three things. More than um, one, at least. Or more than one. I, I think three was our go-to. Um, and so, the original cards, the very first design, what happened was it would come into play. Turn one, it did number one. Turn two, it did number two. And turn three, it did number three. Right. So, you, the idea was you didn't even control it. It just, it just did its thing. Um, and I remember the green one. Because the green one, um, I mean, it would later become Garrick. This had made-up names at the time. Right. Um, I, I forget. I, I, have, I have the playtest cards, um, so I think what happened was the first one, like it would make a creature, a token on your first turn.
1: Is it a double token?
0: Oh, no. The second turn it doubled the token, and, and then the third turn it over that's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but it is what happened was that let's say for example turn one you would make a token. And then your opponent would, you know, bolt the token. Then and the turn two, up, like, you didn't do anything. Right, yeah, And, yeah, and nice. so what happened was, um, they, we playtested them, and then I think Mons Johnson was the leader of, of, like, these guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to play not to be idiots. Um, and that's when we had the idea of, okay, well, let's give you, the player, a little bit more control. I mean, I so uh, here's what happened we, uh, look at the time frame right so we tried those versions of them the, what we call the robo, robo versions um, and they played interestingly but they had a lot of dumb moments where right they would do things that didn't make any sense because they were assuming something that didn't right. always happen because your opponent would you know, obviously mess with you um, and I think at that moment what, what they had done was they were cool enough that everybody realized there was something really interesting but they weren't good enough that we wanted to do them like, I think we had proven they were something awesome we should do, and so... We
1: just hadn't found the answer yet. Right, so, uh,
0: I guess, uh, at the time, um, Randy was still the director of Magic. Yeah. And I think Randy said, look, these are cool, let's take our time, let's not rush them, this is something neat. I, I mean, I think what happened was, everybody kind of got on board in your vision of, look, we, ha- if you, we if we don't have Planeswalker cards, we can't make people care about Planeswalkers. And so... Everybody sort of said, okay, these are interesting. Well, everyone realized we were like on the cusp of something, but we hadn't quite fi- figured it out yet. And so what we said was, okay, these don't have to be in future sight. Um, let's just spend the time and get it right. And that
1: was the right move.
0: Right. No, well, I, by the way, for the record, I think planeswalkers, so we, had, you talked about making a new card type. We had never made a new card type. I mean, if you want to be antsy, we had made, um, equipment, which was, a, uh, a pretty substantial subtype, sub-type. Right. uh, We had made, at one point, they had turned um, Dark Ritual into uh, a mana source, but once again, it wasn't really making something new, it was just relabeling something that the game already had. This was the first time we would like, hey, new card type. And I think everybody sort of bought into, okay, if we're going to add something, Planeswalkers made sense. Oh, let me explain this, This there's another, a lot of things going on at once, is, so we for a long time have been trying to go to Hollywood and say, hey, let's make a magic movie. Um, and one of the props we always would get from them is well who's your Mickey Mouse who is your most identifiable character and like I don't know Sarah Angel Mm you know who was it like it was these characters that would come and go and there wasn't a constant and we realized oh we need we need our Mickey Mouse we need our our group of characters and so I think the reason that Brady and the creative team wanted to do this revamp during Time Spiral was look we needed characters we could make into something we could tell stories with. Right. Um, and when we came up with the idea of a car, we're like, well, this all comes together. Let's bring this to magic. And so obviously Randy said, okay, take your time. So we took them out of Future Sight. like t- t- went back in. Uh, a, l- a, l- a little changed for the better, I guess, or the worse than how you want to see it. Um, okay, so what happened then was I made a design team. I had a sub-design team, but I don't think you were on the no, sub-design I already team. I left. And that team was mostly designers. Bad times. Um, I think Aaron might have been on that team. I think... Uh, was Ken Nagle there yet? I don't No, no, Ken was so. not there yet. So there was a bunch of designers that I think aren't there anymore. Um, and we sat down. And I think that's when we came up with the idea of loyalty as a cost. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so it's all coming back. To the, uh, the, so what happened was... Um, we went through a version where they came with a certain amount of loyalty, and then uh, as you did effects, they gained or lost loyalty, but it wasn't a cost. And then somebody, Aaron, somebody said, well, what if uh, loyalty was the cost for doing things? So certain abilities would right. cost you things, and certain would leave. And I, so in some way, um, the, the Garrett card... Uh, that I had made, uh, you know, make a token, double the tokens, overrun the tokens, had, had, or overrun creatures, had been... There's something about it I liked that it felt like progression. It felt like your Planeswalker was smart and he was planning something. Yes. And so I think what we did is we said, okay, we'll give you, the player, a little more control, but we still want a story. We still want the Planeswalker to feel like they're trying to do something. And then that's when we came up with the idea of what we now call the ultimate, is, well, what if they build towards something it's, it's not that you, the, um... We wanted the cards to feel like there was a progression, that the, that the Planeswalker was moving towards something, but we gave you, the player, a little bit more control, so it didn't you, it, he didn't do dumb things. Right. It just didn't you, make sense. You serviced the Planeswalker's proxy brain. Right. And I think the idea of loyalty was, look, you can suggest things for him. If he likes what you're suggesting, yes. well, he gets a little more loyal. That's right. If he doesn't, well, you test his loyalty a little bit. Um... And the flavor of loyalty, by the way, which I like a lot, is the Planeswalker doesn't die or anything. Just at some point, it's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Enough. You know? And that, you know, the more you're making it do things it doesn't want to do, the more it's like, you know, I'm out of here.
1: You keep letting those goblins hit me. <laughs> I'm out of here.
0: Um, and, and by the way, the structure element of it, the fact that they had a toughness so you could attack them, that stayed the whole way through. I think, I mean, I realized it was pretty cool, and once other people saw it, I mean, it...
1: it oh, that, nice... that, that um... That is also part of the Planeswalker as a player thing. We, we were dead set on finding a solution for being able to hit that guy with direct damage and oh, other oh. things that could affect players. Right.
0: For a while, by the way, we tra- the rules were um, anything that could target a player could target a Planeswalker. The problem was... Planeswalkers
1: are, can't draw cards. Right.
0: There's too many effects that didn't <laughs> make any sense for a Planeswalker. So we ended up doing the redirect thing, which I admit is, of all the designs, the clunkiest element of the design... It's um, flavorful, though. It's like, if flavorful. Magic, for example, had started with Planeswalkers, I think we just would have said stuff like, you know, deal three damage to target creature, player, or Planeswalker. Right. And that would just be part of the vernacular of the game. But since they came in, you know, many years into the run, we sort of had... that. That, that is the clunky part of it. Uh, we did talk about target player meaning you can Planeswalkers, but right, target player draws two cards. It just... What does that mean, the Flame Planeswalker draws cards? It didn't make any sense.
1: Um... Okay, go ahead. I was gonna say another cool thing about planeswalker cards that I like quite a bit is the um, the the way that their name is part of their type, so you can't play two of the same planeswalker at the same time.
0: Right, that was that was built in pretty early. Yes, very uh, cool. And the reason was we knew that because these were gonna be the Mickey Mouses of our game, we knew we were gonna keep them. Right. It wasn't like they weren't disposable. Like one of the problems with our creatures as being is yeah, we had the core set, I guess, but, like, you didn't want your most iconic thing only to show up in the core set, and the extra expansions changed every year, so there was no way to keep this ongoing character easily. That's why characters didn't, the creatures didn't make a lot of sense. But Planeswalkers were like, well, we'll have a small number of them, and we'll keep seeing them again, so we knew we were going to do multiple cards of them.
1: There was one, uh, one other thing that, uh, that I thought was really cool, but ultimately turned, turned out to be too much, uh, Burden on the developers is early on we had the thought that planeswalker cards would be legal in any format. Meaning this planeswalker might be from the Zendikar set, right? But because he can go anywhere, he's legal in Ravnica block or whatever. And I thought that was really cool, but
0: yeah, unrealistic. But what we found was planeswalker, so another thing that, that was important to us is once we decided to make Planeswalker cards and we knew the importance they had in the whole game, the idea was, look, we couldn't make these suck. Like, right. we couldn't make a brand new card type and then, like, uh, for example, when we make rares or mythics, you know, I mean, we make a lot of them as good as we can. We definitely try to make mythics extra splashy, but, look, every card can't be good. And so, you're going to have some bad rare cards, for example, that you just can't avoid it. And so, but we decided that the uh, we didn't want the Planeswalkers being bad. We didn't mind them being narrow, meaning they're really, really good in a certain deck. But we just didn't want to make them bad. So there was a lot of challenge. I and mean, one of the things for development was uh, we call them knobs, that a card has so many things that you can change to try to balance it. And the more elements you have, the more knobs a card has. Right. And so Planeswalkers are nice in that they're, they're knobby. <laughs> they have lots and lots of knobs on them. But they are also very hard to balance. And what ended up I mean, now what happens is design will kind of take a first shot at it and the development will spend a lot of time redoing it because there's so many moving parts to making a planeswalker work. But, but anyway, what happened was uh, Randy said, take your time. It turns out we figured it out pretty quick. We put together a team and we came up with a version we liked, I mean, not that much later, I mean, too late for, for Future Sight, but right. clearly in time for the next set, which was Lorwyn. And the interesting thing about Lorwyn, by the way, if you notice, they have nothing to do with Lorwyn, nothing like they literally are like and by the way here's five planeswalkers <laughs> um we knew by the way we wanted to do five because we said okay this is a brand new thing we, we knew we were always going to introduce them like th- we always use them like this but we wanted them to be something everyone had access to um so the very first five were done to be like purposely monocolor and like super super that color yes um and that I, makes well, sense. Right, and then Brady said about making what he thought was going to be the five basic planeswalkers, and they spent a lot of time working on that, of coming up with, like, sort of who these guys were. Um, and so we ended up putting them in Lorwyn, and the original plan, by the way, was they weren't going to be in every set. Like, uh, if you notice, for example, they were in Lorwyn, and then the next one just didn't show up till... Um, uh, Shadow didn't even happen, did it? It didn't show no. up till the following year, right? Yeah, when it was the of we were planning to have them be, every once in a while we'll do some, and they were so popular, like, so popular that we ended up realizing that, yeah, they're part of Magic. Every set needs to have a Planeswalker, uh, and we dialed back a bit because, I've talked about this in my column, but they, there's a limited amount of design resources for Planeswalker, of, of every card, There there's the, like, least amount of design space. Um, and development found out that in order to make them good, to make them powerful, you just couldn't have that many because they were so powerful. So we kind of decided that we wanted the core set to have some, we wanted extra expansions, every expansion to have one. So we ended up coming up with a number of about 10, that, you know, we could have 10 in any one year, some of which might be repeats in the core set. Um, And then we we got to a place where we'd have enough that they mattered, but there was a balance so that it didn't, uh, you know, like... We didn't want to make this card type have to be too good, and we have to nerf it because it's too good.
1: Yeah, that would be bad. That uh, saying that these are the these are your poster boys, and have them outshined by random common goblin that yeah. would be bad
0: news. <laughs> so what happened was we put them in Laura Wind, big huge success, um, and then we figured out, uh, I guess during the Laura block, we're like, what are we doing? We should have these every set. And I think uh, Conflux was. Like, we really kind of sold the set on, hey, Nicole Bolas is in this set, right? In fact, explain this. It's going to be a surprise. Were you around for this or did you leave before?
1: I was not around for oh,
0: this. Oh, so what happened was it was supposed to be a big surprise and Nicole Bolas was in uh, Shards of Alara. In fact, we had done this very clever thing where we uh, four of the Shards all had a Planeswalker that was related and then there was one that was missing and there was, like, clues in the card set, like... There's a card that has flavor text, and you can see Bolas's image or, like, a reflection or something. Like, we had all this subtle stuff to, like, can you figure out that Bolas is coming? And then the names of the cards leaked because someone got the, the card list ahead of time. Where, where, where? Um, not, not, even, not even what they did, just, like, the list of the names of cards. And all you need is Nicole Bolas, like, gives that away. Um, and so it, it kind of got spoiled. We
1: were, uh, Worse than that is it says yeah. Nicol Bolas Planeswalker. Oh, Planeswalker, right! In case you didn't know, <laughs> Um,
0: and then... Anyway, I, so it worked out really well. They ended up becoming kind of the key staple. Um, and, and like, yeah, it was kind of a runaway success in, in the sense that, uh... I mean, I was really worried. We, we came up with a new card type. I mean, I was bold, but, you know, it is a dangerous thing to add a new card type to the game. I mean, the game... It's so well-structured and then like whenever you sort of add a new element you know there's always this danger of just toppling the the apple cart right um plus the other thing by the way is once the dust settled they're complicated you know i mean yeah we made we we made two big decisions by the way one was we decided they would be the rarest they could be in lore when they meant rare once mythics came along we said okay they're mythics and they're special like in the flavor by the way i don't know if people understand this in any one world you go to a plane how many people have the spark in that world? Like, maybe one, two? I mean, it's not a... It's a really rare Potentially thing. Potentially
1: zero. Yeah, maybe zero.
0: Um, the idea of the spark was it's a super, super rare thing. It's not something, you know, that people are even aware of. Like, it's its a pretty secretive thing. And so um, they wanted to be mythic rare and not too many of them also to try to represent, hey, there's not that many planeswalkers. It's not like there's 8,000 planeswalkers in the multiverse. Um, uh, and the other thing is we two things. lost my train of thought. We made them Mythic Rare. We put them in every set. Um, what was the thing we did? Um,
1: we cheered at their success.
0: We did cheer at their success. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Well, so we... Uh, oh, the other thing yeah, I am talking about is we decided that the default was going to be three things... But in the back of our head, we knew we might do differently because when we made the original frames to test them, we actually asked them to test a fourth, Right. A four... Um, a Planesburg that had four abilities. So that was, like, we kind of knew ahead of time we would do that. Uh, and then in WorldWake, we're like, well, let's start with Jace because he Jace was our Mickey Mouse, essentially. Well, explain a little bit. Why is Jace... Why do we think Jace was going to be the main
1: one? Um, all along, Jace was... Uh... His character was considered to be the the, the closest analog to the magic player. Um, if you took the sort of the sort of uh, the sort of person who plays magic, who who spends his time um, on uh, intellectual challenges, um, applying his creativity and his wits, and may also not be. Um, Generally, um, I don't know, gregarious or um, political—all the things that uh, <laughs> that seems to to embody the 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 cloaked one, the the behind the scenes, the um,
0: and also there's the, no we know the established player gravitates toward blue. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think we knew that Jace was kind of just in the right spot. Yeah. Um, Anyway, by the way, I see the Wizards of the Coast uh, sign. We are at work, which means it's time for us to wrap up. So thank you very much for joining us for our first ever. Thanks for uh, having me
1: and for the ride to work.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, I guess it's time to make the cards. Bye-bye, everybody.